Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, we look at the Biden administration. What does it mean for Bitcoin and the crypto industry? From regulation to price... That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Like I said in the intro, we're going to talk about the Biden administration. When we have a new change of guard, a lot of things could happen. I mean, new people are coming into the regulatory bodies, looking at the industry. What are they going to do? What can we expect them to do in terms of policy, in terms of regulation? And what does that do to the price? What does that do to innovation? And talking about regulation, we're going to talk about that with Dean Steinbeck, COO and General Counsel at Horizon Labs. And for the price, we have to talk to co-founder and the president of Hero Labs, Rob Levy. But now, let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 1040 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $32,448.49, up 2.3% from yesterday. Ethereum, exactly the same as yesterday at $1,226. Litecoin, $138.64, up 3.8% from yesterday. Chainlink, $2158, up 8.5% from yesterday. And XRP, $0.27.5 cents down 1.3% from yesterday. Total market cap, we're sitting at $944.5 billion, up 3.5% from yesterday, with a BTC dominance of 64.3%. Top 10 coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, Polkadot at number 4, XRP number 5, Cardano, Litecoin, Chainlink, Bitcoin Cash, and BNB rounding out the number 10 spot. And getting into the conversation today, this is one of those conversations that we just can't gloss over and do it in 10 minutes or so. So it's a longer conversation. We're going to start with Dean Steinbeck, the COO and General Counsel of Horizon Labs. And we're going to talk about regulation. We have a new president of the United States. And look, everybody in the crypto space is wondering what a Democrat president, what a new president is going to do for the crypto space. Why? He's changing up a lot of people. The two previous Bitcoin all-time highs were under Donald Trump. So we're just wondering what's going to happen. Can you do me a favor? Because I'm picking your brain today. What and who does Biden get to a point and how is this going to first in, in a very high level, how is this going to filter down into these uh, elected officials and to making policy changes for Bitcoin? Yeah, I think it's really interesting uh, to look at this from a high level first and then we'll dig into the details because um, I don't view. So, yes, Biden, Biden has the power to make appointments. Um, and those appointments will matter and make a difference. Um, but I really don't view this as a Republican or Democrat issue. Um, so crypto sort of transcends uh, the, the various political parties. Um, and so I really, I don't think that it matters as much as people like to think that it does. I think the individual people who are appointed will make a difference. But in general, the regulatory path that we've been on and that we 
uh, are on today, I think will continue regardless of who's appointed. And so I wouldn't expect, uh, regardless of who's appointed, for any major changes to happen. So I don't think that, you know, a new SEC head is going to do a 180 pivot. I think that what we've seen going, you know, over the, the previous uh, three, four, five years will continue with minor modifications based on whomever it is that's appointed. Um, and I think so far for, for you know, what we know, uh, Yellen will be the Treasury Secretary and Gensler will be the SEC head, or at least that's, that's the rumor. And so, you know, maybe it would be helpful at a high level to talk about what, what each of them could mean for crypto. 100%. I would love for you to do that. And if we could start with uh, the Treasury Secretary, and we don't have to talk about the individual per se, like Yellen, because we'd have to go through all their history and every talk that they had. It's impossible. But what can the Treasury Secretary do in terms of Bitcoin regulation or policy? So the Treasury Department is massive, obviously, and very important, has a lot of things. Um, and so Yellen, you know, the amount of attention that crypto will get on her uh, plate of what she's looking at is probably very small. But uh, the Treasury Department uh, has a division called FinCEN, which regulates money services businesses. So you're probably familiar with that. Um, it was one of the original regulatory agencies that sort of went after uh, Bitcoin buyers and sellers uh, and really regulates who can transfer crypto and you know whether or not you need to be regulated to do so. So uh, there's been a lot of talk lately, for example, about self-hosted wallets. Um, that's coming from regulations on money service businesses, which is being pushed by FinCEN, which is a department of the Treasury. So I think, you know, the Treasury Department itself can definitely have a major impact on the regulatory environment for cryptocurrencies. You know, whether it's Yellen or somebody else who's heading the department, um, I don't think it will make a big difference at all. Um, I think what we're going to continue to see is that FinCEN will, would like to have better transparency with respect to whom is transferring cryptocurrency. And so there will be a continued push by FinCEN to understand who owns what and who's transferring what to whom. And so we see that with what they're calling self-hosted wallets. Um, we're going to see it with privacy coins. I'm putting that in quote. We're going to see it with transfers between wallets and exchanges. And so the, and we've seen this over the last five years, uh, I think we're going to continue to see a push to create greater transparency. So in summary to this, they would be responsible mostly for the KYC and AML on ramp off ramps and the wallets that you hold. So if you are transacting in the digital space and you are holding cryptocurrency, they, for the most part, and you're an American want to know who you are. Exactly. So yes, the, the, the bottom line, the, the quickest answer is yes. Uh, they would like to know who you are um, and their reasons, at least their express reasons are because they'd like to make sure that there's no nefarious activity. So they want to make sure that, you know, when mm -hmm. I transfer one Bitcoin to you, uh, I'm doing so for legitimate reasons and it's not drug trafficking, narcotics, money laundering, child trafficking, any of the, the sort of laundry list terrorism that regulators use to justify uh, these sorts of regulations. Obviously, the industry is, is pushing back very uh, hard, and, and in my opinion, rightly so. Um, I believe privacy is a fundamental right for everybody. 
Um, and, and I think that the regulations just are going too far and really won't serve uh, the purposes that they're looking for. You know, that, that's a good question. And I, I'm, I'm going to juxtapose this to the SEC in one second. But I just recently opened a new um, LLC uh, for my podcasting business, which, you know, I host, I produce and, you know, consult for people who want to make podcasts. And since this is a new sort of business, the bank just doesn't have any clue of what I'm doing. I, I literally got a phone call from the bank. I had to have a questionnaire from the bank and they have made, made an appointment for me to go back into the bank both times saying, if you do not answer these questions, we're going to cancel your LLC or the bank account associated with your LLC because we don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so it seems as though that before, and this is just kind of like a hypothetical question or maybe a philosophical question. It seems as though with these regulations, a lot of understanding, deep understanding about the crypto space and maybe a new industry is going to have to come out. hundred percent. So by the way, you're not alone with uh, banking issues. I would say 90% of the industry, if you're actually in the business of crypto, you've received some sort of notice from your bank asking you to clarify. I've had accounts shut down because they weren't comfortable with any crypto related business. Hmm. And it's really, it's, it's a shame because um, all it does is drive uh, users to other avenues. Uh, I mean, you still have a business, you still need a bank account. Fortunately, I think slowly but surely that's changing. Uh, there are banks now that cater to crypto businesses. In particular, I'd throw out Silvergate is, is a bank that actually actively seeks crypto businesses to open accounts with them. Slowly but surely it's changing, but you're right. It, it's, uh, there is a negative stigma associated with the term crypto and we're often cut off from traditional banking services because of that. I'm going to say that it's not as much negative association, but laziness on the part of regulators that don't want to take the time to understand an emerging market, but want to just cut and copy and paste existing regulation to make it easy and just say, I've done my job. They did the same thing with the internet. I guess that's what I want to go into the SEC is, what is their role? It seems as though if one is about the KYC and AML, the other one is actually making those definitions of what this all is. Am, am I correct with that? Yeah, what does no, the so SEC do? The SEC do? Uh, regulates uh, markets and offerings, so securities offerings. And we saw a lot of, um, and capital formation is really sort of the, the term. Um, so we, we saw a lot of SEC press with respect to ICOs uh, over the last you know, five years. Um, and recently with, with the Ripple lawsuit, I think the SEC will continue to play a very large role in uh, our industry um, because what we do and, and you know, the very nature of a token uh, raises issues of capital formation. Um, and so I think the SEC has traditionally tried to fit crypto into an old model that really doesn't apply anymore. Um, and you're talking about a security Howey test sort of model or? Exactly. Yeah. So the, the Howey test, which has been around forever, like a hundred years, literally, I think, uh, yep. <laughs> it, you know, it's, it, it's a concept that I think uh, needs to be revised. I think it needs legislation. So, um, and I believe in time we will get that. So, you know, regulators aren't moving at the same pace as industry, just as a general rule. Um, and we're seeing this, you know, with the SEC, they're looking at ICOs, like, what is this? And they need to learn about cryptocurrency. They need to learn about what is an ICO. 
is it a securities offering? Is it not? When is it a securities offering? When is it not? And so it's a fairly complicated and nuanced area of law that in the absence of legislation is going to take a long time for regulators to work through. And I think the next big thing we're going to see, regardless of who is uh, the head of the SEC, uh, I think we're going to see the SEC turn its attention to markets, meaning exchanges. And in particular, I think we're going to see uh, something happen in the DeFi space and some uh, announcement, some sort of uh, indication as to what the SEC is thinking with respect to the DeFi exchanges that are out there. So if I could summarize the SEC, the SEC looks at the kind of asset class or the asset it is and determines if it's a security or not a security. Are there any other classifications that they might have? And I guess the next obvious question is how does what the Treasury Secretary and the head of the SEC, the chair of the SEC, how do they work together to regulate crypto? Yeah, so great question. So, so the SEC uh, regulates capital formation, so which would include uh, securities and exchanges. They really have sort of a dual mandate to protect investors and also facilitate capital formation. So uh, we're going to continue to see them in, in both of those areas. Um, the Treasury Department, as you said, they're, they're uh, supervising banks and KYC, AML, and uh, all of these regulatory agencies are independent agencies, and they do work together wherever there's overlap. And it, it actually took several years. I don't know if you remember back when you know Bitcoin was just becoming popular. Everyone was wondering, is this going to be regulated by the CFTC, which handles commodities, or the SEC, which handles securities? And where does everybody fit? And I think uh, regulatory agencies are on their own sort of carving out the space in which they want to operate. And so you're seeing, you know, uh, banks uh, taking the lead with KYC AML, you're seeing the SEC take the lead with capital formation. And even the CFTC is jumping in with commodities and anytime they view an exchange as being a, a commodities exchange, they're also stepping in. Am I correct? Wasn't Gensler the head of the CFTC at one point? He was. Yeah, he was the head of the CFTC. And uh, I think before that worked at Goldman Sachs and just, you know, digging into him a little bit. I think anyone who's appointed at this point is going to have a more sophisticated background mm -hmm. with respect to cryptocurrencies because right. it's been around longer. And so you look at someone like uh, Gary Gensler and obviously uh, heading the CFTC, working in industry, working in academia. He's very familiar with cryptocurrency. He understands why it's good, why it's bad, you know, the pros and cons. And I think he will be a much better steward for our industry than his, than his predecessors. And I think that would be true for anybody, to be honest, whomever is in that spot, I think going forward will be more and more sophisticated because remember this is cutting edge. So yes, mm -hmm. we've been in the industry for a number of years, but it's a relatively new industry. And uh, it, it takes time for regulators to catch up. One thing we didn't talk about off air because we talked about what we're going to talk about today is we didn't talk about the OCC or the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, which I thought, which people are now debating if it was really a big statement, was make, they made a big statement the other day about stable coins and banks being able to use stable coins as store of value or transactional. Can you go into one a little bit about how does the OCC play into 
this whole big government and regulatory body that we're talking about and how much, again, power do they have to influence the cryptocurrency space? Because if they just made this statement that the banks can handle uh, stablecoins, it seems as a very big leap forward for custodial services, for uh, transaction, institutional transactions to buy and hodl Bitcoin, to maybe store their US dollars digitally to be able to jump into a digital currency at a certain point. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so it is huge, by the way. So uh, banks being able to uh, take custody of cryptocurrency is huge. But again, it goes with the regulatory path that I think we're already on. All of these things are going to happen. A lot of people love to focus on a Bitcoin ETF, a Bitcoin ETF. It's just a question of if, not when. And banks holding cryptocurrencies, it's just a question of if, not when. This is one step in a positive direction. But yeah, the the OCC uh, is part of that regulatory arm that's regulating banks. They're very heavily involved with KYC AML. Um, and uh, for them to facilitate cryptocurrency in the banking industry and to promote, I'm using that word loosely, uh, stable coins is fantastic. And, and I do think stable coins will be an entry point for mainstream users of crypto. I, so I, I mentioned this before, I live in Panama City, Panama. Uh, there's a lot of stablecoin transactions that happen here because of the frictions in banking and international transfers. And so I just see it firsthand. And I, I'm sure that uh, a lot of mainstream users are going to come into crypto via stablecoins. You know, when I saw this news from the OCC, I and I don't see the same, I say, regulations or forward thought coming from, say, the uh, Treasury Secretary or the SEC. It looked to me as they said, here, banks, this is for you. Let's see how you handle it. You already have AML KYC into your business model. You already have, uh, you know, security models. You already have protections for your clients models. You already have insurance models. You see what you do with this and we'll see how we're going to, how we're going to then operate after we see what you do. Is, am I correct with that? Yeah. So, so uh, allowing industry to regulate itself is a common theme in, in these regulatory agencies, particularly in banking. And you see it in with the SEC and large financial institutions. There's a lot of uh, self-regulation and, and a lot of times industries, you know, scream out, let us regulate ourselves um, because we know what we're doing and we know what, what is actually needed, whereas regulators don't really understand the intricacies. And, and I would say um, to that extent uh, and to the extent the OCC is allowing banks to, to self-regulate, um, I think that's a great step. I think I, I would prefer that banks figure out a way to operate uh, that works with their business model versus having a regulator who's who's out of touch sort of uh, centrally impose regulations. We spoke a, a lot about different regulatory bodies, and I just want to funnel all this down, trickle it all down, condense it into one general question. What can we expect in 2021, and what can we expect from a Biden administration? So the short answer is you can expect a continuation of everything that we've seen leading up to 2021. So all of the issues that existed in 2020 and, and before were on a regulatory path towards solving those issues and addressing new ones. Nothing is going to change. It doesn't matter who's appointed. <laughs> everything is going to be on that same path at uh, you know, slightly different angles and speeds, depending on the person, but it will be the exact same process. And I guess the real question, 
that is totally speculation, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is what are the chances that the government will implement a regulation or a law or a rule that destroys our industry, destroys the Bitcoin price and sets us back years? I would say very low. I would be shocked. I, I don't think the goal of any government, including the U.S. government, is to actually harm the industry or our business, I think. And, and in particular, like the SEC and the CFTC and the Treasury Secretary, they, they would like industry to adopt new technology and to uh, you know, work through inefficiencies and, and all that. So I, I, I would be shocked if there was regulation that negatively, that drastically negatively impacted the price of Bitcoin or our industry in general. With that said, I do expect that there will be continued regulation, KYC, AML, a continued uh, emphasis on, you know, we don't want privacy. Privacy is, you know, something that will be negotiated. And I do think we'll see the first foray into DeFi. And so people should probably be prepared that, you know, some of our favorite DeFi platforms might get letters from the SEC. That makes sense. I mean, DeFi getting letters from the SEC, I get it. <laughs> it makes sense to me too. I, I, it, it's surprising that it hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. I mean, it's really, it's a new area and, and the SEC is still sort of digesting ICOs. And so you can just think how far we've come in three years, three years ago, all we were talking about was ICOs. Today, that's sort of old news. And now, you know, but nobody's ever talked about DeFi yet, to my knowledge. Not as much on regulation, but more as on overall feelings about the space. One general feeling that I see floating around crypto Twitter is that the United States government will always want to protect its dollar, the U.S. dollar. And if we are shifting any kind of transactions or or control over the by the U.S. government over the monetary system, it's taking away national security. It's taking away their power, which is the U.S. dollar is very powerful. A lot of things get done via the U.S. dollar and influences is had with the U.S. dollar. Would cryptocurrency take a little bit away from that? And do you think the government is really a, a little bit afraid from that? And how do you think they're, they're going to proceed if you think they're uh, if they have that fear? So great question. I, I agree with everything that you said. The U.S. dollar and the power of the U.S. dollar is super important for strategic and geopolitical purposes. Um, so I do think that that is a concern at the highest levels. I don't think that to date Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies has challenged that position. Now, maybe going forward, you know, out into the future, it may. But I, I think the U.S. government will regulate and um, use its power and authority to control cryptocurrencies. And I don't think that they would view Bitcoin as a threat to their power source. My last question, a central bank digital currencies. A lot of governments around the world are experimenting with this or uh, transitioning. I mean, we see that China is making leaps into central bank digital currency. How would these currencies, one, operate with each other and operate with the crypto space? Would it have to create a new infrastructure for the whole space? Right now we have US dollars, we have stable coins, they're gonna go in, we have our on-ramps and off-ramps. Would we need to change up the whole model? And do you think that they're gonna work with each other? So yeah, no, I, I believe that they all will work with each other. I don't think that all of the rails, all of the infrastructure that's been built over the last 10 years is going to be obsolete. So, and we're, we're seeing it with stable coins. So we see the value of US dollar stable coins 
I think it's a natural transition that you're going to see governments issue their own token um, because you're just removing an unnecessary uh, middleman, which is, you know, depending on how the stablecoin is, is backed one to one. Uh, but if it's backed with fiat, like USDC, then you're just simply removing an unnecessary middleman from the equation because people like the benefits of transacting in crypto. And many people are quite happy to abstract away the currency risk of holding a particular cryptocurrency. So they would like to transact in US dollars. They would like to use the rails that have been built by our industry, transferring seamlessly in seconds. And what, you know, like, so what used to be super low cost is still low cost on a lot of networks. I don't know how often you use Ethereum. It's becoming a little expensive, but leaving, the Ethereum, leaving the Ethereum scaling issues aside, uh, it's still significantly cheaper than traditional fiat rails. And so I, I think that we're going to see more and more governments, particularly uh, smaller, third world, second world, uh, we're going to see a lot of countries start to enter into that space. You mentioned China, which is obviously, you know, a, a major player. I think we're going to see uh, government-backed cryptocurrencies uh, on a wide scale. It's going to take time, but I think we'll see that. Dean Steinbeck, General Counsel and COO of Horizon Labs. Thank you for your time, sir. Hey, Matthew. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Next up, we want to talk price. And for that, co-founder and president of Hero Labs, Rob Levy, is going to indulge us. My first question, please do me a favor. What is going on with the price the past couple of days? I think this is pretty pretty much par for the course for Bitcoin. We're talking about um, an asset that is notorious for its volatility. And it's not uh, leaving anybody disappointed in that area. This asset is volatile, period, the end. Um, it's high priced right now. So it's above $30,000. And the implied volatility of the options that are trading on it spiked to about 150%, which is very high. So the, um, the options that are basically, they tell us kind of what are the probabilities, what are the odds of the price moving? They're telling us that the price is going to move a lot. And the chances of it moving a lot are significant. And even more so, after we broke through 20,000, which was that ceiling for three years after the, the blow off top of at the end of 2017, we're in this area, which is much less liquid. And we can have $3,000, $4,000, $8,000 moves. And it's, it's really not that difficult for this thing to move that much. So I think we're going to continue to see volatility. There are some people that say, you know, we went up to 42,000, we've come back down. So maybe we're getting into a, a range and that range might be 25,000 to 40,000. And then we can kind of range out, but you never know. We could be 40,000 again tomorrow. So um, do I think that's going to happen? No. I think that a lot of people are looking at this with skepticism and fear because of the new president. And I really want to just focus this conversation around the new president, the Biden-Kamala Harris administration. We saw Donald Trump take office when Bitcoin was $600 or $600 or $800. I can't remember the exact price. He, we saw the run up to previous, previous all-time highs to 1000 to 20000 
back down. We had a bear market. And then with him being president, we saw $30,000, $40,000 Bitcoin. And now we have a change in guard. Yeah. What do you see in the markets right now of people's thoughts and I guess confidence in the Bitcoin market going forward in, I guess, the short term? I personally don't think for Bitcoin, there is a much different picture, whether Donald Trump is in office or Joe Biden. Now there is, there's differences between the two guys, big differences as, as humans, there's differences in policy from Democrats to Republicans. But the one thing that remains the same is monetary policy. We are in this pattern and basically since the global financial crisis of, of 07, 08, we're in this pattern where this QE, it's really QE infinity, it's, it's endless. This stimulus and QE policy. is quantitative easing, correct? Correct. It's, okay. it's quantitative easing. It's, it's where you know, the central bank is, is buying up assets. They're, they're flooding the street with very cheap money, with liquidity. And it's a, it's a lubricant for the system to keep things going because of what um, we went through in 08. And also COVID is, is very real. And it is definitely been a, a depressionary sort of event where activity, true economic activity, basically came to a screeching halt. It contracted so significantly. Everyone's at home. They're shutting down businesses. That's real. And that has major ripple effects. So whether Donald Trump is in office or Joe Biden, the central banks need to continue to provide this stimulus, provide this monetary policy that's easy money. And there is no real pulling back from that yet. You hear talks of, well, if things get better, we can taper this off. And we remember what happened years ago when they tried to taper the policy. We had what was called the taper tantrum, and they had to stop that <laughs> immediately. So basically, monetary policy, I don't think is going to change. The one thing that Trump did, which can be considered bullish for Bitcoin, is he really talked down the dollar. He wanted a cheaper dollar. He, to him, he knew that a cheaper dollar, if the dollar lost value against all the other currencies globally, that it would be helpful for the US economy and it would be helpful for asset prices. I mean, the guy literally went out of office yesterday with the NASDAQ. We know that Donald Trump's gonna, he's gonna take it to the grave. I had the best performing stock market during my tenure. We went out the day I left was all time highs. That's what he's gonna stand behind. But I mean, we're looking today, new all time highs, but we're also seeing Bitcoin with a, you know, a really big bloody red day today too, so. Okay, so what I'm seeing in a summary is that the president shouldn't matter because we are seeing the economy and the Fed do what the economy and Fed has historically done, which is why Bitcoin was pretty much created. We see quantitative easing. We see the devaluation of the dollar. We see that there isn't any you know, store of value anymore because our $1 is just worth getting worth less and less and less over time. That's not the way dollars should work. We shouldn't have to work harder for the same over time. That's not sustainable. So that's why Bitcoin has a place here. How much is that just speculation? How much is that reality? Things are priced to the dollar. So people are looking at the dollar as people still want dollars. They want Bitcoins because it's a, you know, something that they can hold and they see, you know, the volatility is a good thing as I, what I heard from a lot of other people, you know, because that's what people getting people in there to make those big gains, but people still want the dollar. Like we how much dollars we need, right. we need dollars. Dollars aren't going anywhere. 
You know, like fiat currency, sovereign currencies, they're not going anywhere, not for a very, very long time. We need dollars. I, you know, I'm not one, and, and I think most people are, they're not of the belief that we need to get rid of the dollar, get rid of the Chinese yen, any of that stuff, because the policies that we are seeing from these banks, this liquidity that's being flooded in, we don't have a, a central bank that's behind Bitcoin. I mean, these things are necessary in economic systems. There are things about fiat currency and, and government economies that work. There is a reason. There needs to be some inflation. We just need to grow along with it. It's not that the dollar is going anywhere. It's just that, like you said, what can the dollar buy in five years? And what can Bitcoin buy in five years? Mm. What can gold mm. buy in five years? Mm -hmm. So the, the dollar isn't going anywhere, but people um, who are, they have wealth, they need to store it somewhere. The vast majority of it is stored in fiat currency terms. Now, what a lot of Bitcoin proponents have been saying for years is diversify, hedge your risk and put some of your wealth some of your funds into Bitcoin, into gold. So if the US dollar does continue to be debased, your purchasing power will not decrease along with it. You actually will probably gain purchasing power if you are in the right store of value. My, my last question is, and I want to say thank you for coming on, but my last question is about the Biden administration, is that we see a lot of policy uh, coming out already uh, for, you know, if it's if it's not policy, it's people who are being put in place to make policy. We see Yellen coming in. We see a Gensler coming in. We see a new head of the OCC. So how much do you think that is going to influence the way Bitcoin reacts to that in a price in price manner? How much of these people being there saying things, doing things in the administration are going to make Bitcoin go up or down? Or is it just not going to have anything to do with what they're talking about? I think it's going to have a lot to do with it. And mainly because everything seems to have a big effect on Bitcoin's price. It's, <laughs> Bitcoin sadly. likes to move. It likes to move because it is, it's truly global. The order flows between exchanges. It's fragmented. Now it's getting better. It's getting more interconnected. There's institutional players and liquidity providers who are keeping these arbitrage windows much tighter now, more risk capital is coming into this market. So it is a little less fragmented than it was, but this is an asset that moves and it is gonna continue to move based on headlines, based on rumors, the thing moves. So I, I do believe we are gonna continue to see uh, people type, like I'm in Telegram and I've got a ton of different chats and people are just asking around this morning, what, what's up? Is something, is there a new rumor? Is something going on with Tether? Is something going on? Like people are always trying to figure out what's moving it today because these whispers, these rumors, these headlines, they move Bitcoin and they move it quickly. And when it starts to move, it can really go. So I think we're gonna continue to see headlines that move this asset and I think volatility and it's, uncorrelated nature might decrease a bit as institutions continue to come on board. I do believe that it is still going to remain largely 
uncorrelated. I mean, look at the last two days. We've got equities, all-time highs. We've got Bitcoin dumping, you know? So it's just marching to its own beat. Real quick answer to this, because I just got a text literally right before we got on this. People are asking me, is this the downside of the bull market already? And we're going into bear. What do you think? I, I think absolutely not. I, I do not think um, we're going into a, a, a bear market or a, another crypto winter yet. Um, it's funny because, you know, in the larger market, a bear market can be considered if, if you see 20% pullbacks from highs. I mean, we do that literally in 24 hours in Bitcoin. So <laughs> if you want to look at it on that same scale, okay, but it's different. I don't think this is a bear market. I think um, altcoins are actually hanging in there well. We've got a whole nother story there with Bitcoin dominance. I think this is healthy. It's never healthy for something to go up so fast, so quickly. You are going to see pullbacks. And I think it's healthy. Rob Levy, co-founder and president of Hero Labs. Thanks for coming on the show and hope, hopefully making people feel more comfortable going into 2021. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. When I was making this show, I want to answer a lot of questions myself. I started in Bitcoin at the beginning of Trump's administration. So I've only known one president and one administration in this industry. So every time I did a show about the SEC, about the OCC, about any other regulatory body, it was always the Trump administration. So this is the first time that I get to experience this transition of power, this transition of ideology, philosophy, and administration. So this episode was as much for me as it was for you. So I hope that you got something from it and that it was beneficial. I'll be back tomorrow for the weekend update. Until then, happy hodling, everybody.